Thank you, and welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Deb Brady. And today on Ask BBB, we warm things up. The great songs of the season will sing about dreaming by the fireplace. George Geeson of Porky's has some tips on how to make sure it's warm and safe and a reliable fire that fits into that dream. And when we aren't in front of the fire, we still want to be warm. Jamie Donaldson of Donaldson Heating and Air Conditioning is our guest this morning to talk about maintenance of our heating and cooling systems and also how to respond to people who knock on our door offering special deals and perhaps some special steals. And they call it Black Friday, and for years it was an American phenomenon. However, the sale fever spread across the border, and this morning on Ask BBB, communications manager and show producer Ashley Castleman will talk about how to make our shopping experience productive and maybe even enjoyable. That's all coming up. But let's meet our first guest, Jamie Donaldson of uh, Donaldson Heating and Air Conditioning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Jamie. I'm so happy to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit about what we should be doing um, to ensure that we have a safe and and comfortable home in terms of heating this year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the most important things about making sure your system is operating safely is to have regular maintenance is done on it. Uh, it works for both furnaces and for air conditioning, but it's extremely important on furnaces. Uh, with furnaces, if they aren't operating properly, you can end up driving up a lot of your heating costs. Your gas bills can go up. Your hydro bills can go up. And in extreme cases, you can end up with things like cracked heat exchangers. It leads to carbon dioxide poisoning in the home. It's really not healthy for you. Uh, one of the best ways to have this checked out is to have somebody come out, take a look at the furnace. Uh, ideally, somebody that's licensed with a gas license. Uh, they're going to come out, they're going to do a lot of tests, they're going to make sure everything is, they're going to bring it back into line for operational performance and help make sure that the efficiencies are proper within the system. Uh, and they're also going to do tests on the system to make sure that the heat exchanger is sound, that you aren't having any uh, CO or CO2 released into the home, keeps you safe. And I guess I should also have a CO2 or carbon monoxide detector in the home? Yeah, it's actually law in Ontario now that you have to have a carbon monoxide detector in the home. You should have one on every level. Uh, carbon monoxide is lighter than air, so it tends to gather in highest concentrations near roof lines mm-hmm. on the second floor. Your furnace is going to move it throughout the house. So a lot of people will have one down in the furnace room, but the highest level of concentration is actually going to be up near the bedrooms on the second floor. Okay, well, that's a really important thing. But there's also some other legislation that is under development right now that's a way to protect consumers from door-to-door. And unfortunately, the furnace business is one of those areas where a lot of people go door-to-door offering free inspections. Do you have some comments about that? Yeah, we've seen this a bit in our industry last uh, three or four years. And and what happens is there are some companies that are coming around and, and they've got some, we'll call it inventive names, Uh, They'll include uh, official-sounding things like uh, Corporation Organization Group, Ontario. uh, makes it sound like they're there to represent um, either the government or or an organization that's been set up for it. Uh, They'll come into your home. They they offer to do an inspection on your furnace system. Sometimes they'll even be told that they've been contracted to come out and do that for you. Uh, You come into the house, they'll look at the equipment, and even on new stuff, stuff that's only five, six years old, they'll tell you that there's something wrong with it and that you need to make changes to it because it's unsafe for you. And they drive it on the unsafe portion. So again, with heating systems, we have to worry about things like combustion, carbon dioxide, that kind of stuff. When they come to your home and say, you know, it's extremely important, carbon dioxide, they're they're tending to prey on some of your fears with your equipment. People tend to let them into the house. When they come in, they find reasons to tell you you need to change things and they'll try and upsell you to something. They'll tell you, you know, government's got a great deal on right now uh, for 
$1,500 up front, you can get your furnace replaced because you got to do that to keep you safe without really explaining well that you're also locking into seven, eight, ten years of payments that come after that. And most cases, and the problem with it is, is they react, they're, they're very smooth and they react very quickly in order to get that furnace into your home. Some cases you'll have somebody there, they'll talk you into it, you'll sign a contract and within an hour they'll have a company there to do the installation for you. I know why that is. The law says that if somebody comes in your home and signs a contract, you have 10 days to change your mind. Unless, of course, they've started the work. Yes. Yeah, so Consumer Protection Act, mm-hmm. the way it works is you have 10 days to have or to change your mind with it. So if you sign a contract, somebody in your house, and you decide eight days from now you want to change it, you can call that company up and remove yourself from the contract at no cost. It's, they're not supposed to bill you for anything. It's supposed to be just removed out. Thank you very much. If they get the equipment in, once the work has been started or performed, at that point in time, you can't remove yourself from the contract. You should never sign something with somebody unless you've asked them to come to your house. Uh, this is the best thing that you can do to protect yourself is make sure that if they're coming in, you have asked them to be there. If they've shown up at your door, it's normally an indication that they're out trying to um, drum up some business, not necessarily always in a good way. Okay. Well, I guess one of the things that we would uh, emphasize is look for that BBB seal. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. That's, and and that gives you some assurance that you've got a company that's uh, – uh, reliable. Uh, Jamie, I guess we probably want to be proactive then and call somebody we know and uh, that uh, does have that seal. Yep. Yeah, it's the Better Business Bureau has done a really good job of uh, verifying a lot of heating contractors within the, the surrounding area. Uh, you can be sure that most of the, the contractors are, that are out there that are very reputable all are registered with the Better Business Bureau. It's a good place to go in order to find a, a decent company to come out and, and work with you. And if somebody does have uh, an inspector in their home that says there's a problem with their fireplace, do you think it makes sense to get a second opinion? Absolutely. Uh, if you've got any issues with uh, equipment, especially if you haven't asked the individual to be there, you definitely want to make sure that we get, you get a second opinion on it, make sure it's right. There are certain things that as gas guys, we are required to do. Uh, Our license says that if we find something that's wrong with your equipment, we have to put an infraction on it. So if there's an issue with regards to cracked heat exchangers, improper venting, that kind of thing, the people that are there to do that and inform you of that should be leaving you with an infraction and that infraction will indicate exactly what the problem is. Okay. And then going back to this um, law that's in development right now, if um, consumers uh, have an opinion, uh, do you think that's worthwhile to contact their their uh, local representative? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's The law is going through and it's a great law because it is designed to protect the consumer. At the end of the day, that's what we want to do is make sure that our consumers, everybody as an individual protected within your home. Jamie, furnaces have changed a lot in the past uh, few years and we have the, the high efficiency furnaces. How uh, important is it to have those inspected on a uh, annual basis. It's a lot more important to inspect high efficiency furnaces more than what we would call the the traditional or the more mid efficient furnaces for a couple of reasons. The heat exchangers are a lot thinner on them. It's done to help transfer heat better, it make it more efficient. And the old furnaces didn't have a secondary heat exchanger, which was a rad style. It would catch a lot more debris in it. Mm-hmm. What about running the fan on a continuing basis? Is that a good or a a bad idea? It's a really good idea for comfort within your home. It's going to give you cleaner air. It's going to give you a better temperature control. It'll help uh, warm up some of your floors, keep you you a lot more comfortable within the house. But there's a cost to it. Uh, High-efficiency motors, 
you're going to add about six seven dollars a month in hydro it's very reasonable some of the older motors psc it's going to add about 45 to 50 dollars a month under your hydro bill so you need to be aware of that when you do that so if i don't know whether i have the psa or the 10 volt is it um, type of motor when I get my furnace inspected that's something the inspector can tell me? Yeah so when you have somebody come out to take a look at your furnace because it's really difficult to do as a homeowner we can tell you if it's a PSC motor or if it is a DC variable and it's going to save you some money. Okay great. Well thank you Jamie not only will we be, we be warm we'll also have peace of mind. Uh, thanks for being our guest this morning. No problem. And we'll continue to keep warm when we return with George Geeson of Porky's to talk about fireplaces. Welcome back. And our second guest, uh, George Geeson of Porky's, is with us. Uh, we say Porky's, and just about everybody knows that that includes quite a number of things. George, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Uh, what are some of the things that Porky's includes? Barbecues? Fireplaces? Yeah, so people probably know us mostly for barbecues. Um, and uh, we've done fireplaces since day one as well. And about six years ago, we added the hot tubs to the line. So anything to do with leisure then? Yeah. And <laughs> warmth. Much. Warmth and warmth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So fireplaces have changed. Um, used to be you had to have a pile of wood outside and a fireplace inside and it uh, sucked air out of the house and wasn't all that efficient. But uh, now you don't even need to have a pile of wood, age. That's right. So uh, fortunately, I've been in the business for a long time, probably about 27 years. So I've watched it come from the wood stove, uh, masonry fireplaces, and then when gas fireplaces were stir- first invented, they actually started putting them inside of wood stoves. You put a gas burner inside of a wood stove and sell that as a oh. as a new gas fireplace. So, so the we've we've kind of seen it come through every single uh, phase over the last twenty twenty five years. Do people primarily buy gas fireplaces today? Pretty much, uh, wood has actually become the luxury. Uh, purchase now, so a wood a wood burning fireplace uh, in your home is quite costly to to do, and a gas fireplace is relatively inexpensive. And so, do you see people converting their wood burning fireplaces to gas fireplaces, as well as installing brand new gas fireplaces? Yeah. So houses built today don't really have that many fireplaces, many masonry fireplaces in them. Uh, whereas 30, 50, 60 years ago, that was the common. There is always a fireplace or two in every house. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of homes in London, uh, let's say in the Oak Ridge area, for example, where everybody has a masonry fireplace. And then we'll, we'll, we'll probably half the time you'll see as you drive down the, down the subdivision, you'll see the special little chimney caps, which means there's a gas insert inside of it. Okay. Yeah. What are some, you said 20 years that you've been watching all this evolve, George. What are some of the trends today in 2016? Um, we have some interesting trends right now. So uh, over the last uh, six or seven years, we've seen a lot of fireplaces become what we call clean phase. So we were getting rid of the louvers that we remember on the early gas fireplaces. So we always had six black louvers in the bottom and six on the top. And that's not really uh, what a wood fireplace is supposed to look like. So we've gotten rid of the air gaps. We've increased the glass size. We've been able to create electronic ignition gas valves, so we don't have to have access to them to light a pilot light like we used to. So we've been able to kind of clean up the whole view of the fireplace. One of the challenges with that is now we're also uh, holding in a lot of heat in the wall. Mm. So that can create uh, that can create new problems, which brings us to the next trend is to have a heat shift system, it's called. So what that does is that actually creates a little octopus in behind the wall. 
that brings the heat from the fireplace generated by generated by the flame brings it up and up and around through the through the built-in and gets it safely away from the fireplace and all the construction materials so now instead of all that heat being trapped it's getting out which is good so now all of our construction materials whether they're combustible or non-combustible are safe so and you're also getting heat into the room which you probably want if you're lighting up, if you're turning on your fireplace. It can be a benefit. It can also it can also be a detraction. So if you want to enjoy the fireplace and it's just too hot in the room then you have to shut it off. It's probably my number one complaint is that the fireplace we used to have was kind of too hot and we had to always shut it off. What can I what can I buy that won't produce so much heat? So that's 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 a reality when we uh when we size a fireplace to a house we have to make sure it's not going to blast them out of the room. Yeah, that was one of the discussions we had, my husband and I had with you when we bought our fireplace. He wanted a gas fireplace, and I was worried about being too warm to keep it going. So we found a a good choice. But um, with the air being flowing away, I guess that gives homeowners more choices for the decorative finishes on their fireplaces with that heat not being such a concern for combustion? Correct. So um, one of the frustrations we've seen with homeowners and designers is that they want to do certain finishes around their fireplace. So we'll talk about a fireplace and, and uh, they're going to describe to me what they want to do around it and they want to put some uh, some barn board or some uh, some oak trim or whatever. And I'd say, yeah, but you can't do that on this particular fireplace. It's a clean face. It's very hot. Uh, so we've seen a lot of frustration in the past of what you can and can't do. So you're right. So now that we have this new heat shift system, we can start to go back to the materials that anybody wants. So in order to be safe, we have to be really careful about what type of materials we put on certain fireplaces. Correct. And so we should be listening to our our fireplace installer and take their advice about the finishes. What else should we be doing to ensure safety with our fireplace? Well, one of the things I see a lot in homes is people will take an existing fireplace and want to modernize it, want to do things to it. So whether it's a masonry fireplace with a gas insert in it, or maybe an old unit that has louvers on it, they want to cover them up. So um, there's a lot of dangerous things going on out there where people are covering up air vents and and slots that they shouldn't. And... Um, and that can be dangerous. So always refer to the owner's manual. Every gas appliance has a has a model number, which can which can refer to an owner's manual, which you can pull up online. So you don't have to find it in the file drawer. You can always find it online. Okay. And you should read it. <laughs> well, a lot Front of people, the, the manuals just get put aside and uh, don't get read. And what about maintenance? Do I do I need to have? I guess if I still have my a wood burning fireplace, I need to have my my flue cleaned, and is our maintenance on a gas fireplace? Right. So, a wood fireplace, obviously, the the challenge with them was there was a creosote built up in the chimney. So, we don't really have that with gas fireplaces. It's a very uh, moist flue gas that really doesn't have any uh, any uh, particulates to it that stick to the inside of the liner. So, it's mostly about the firebox, uh, the fan kit, the burner, the pilot light, that kind of thing. And you mentioned to me before that there's something that I need to do about my fireplace and a battery. Yeah, a lot of fireplaces are uh, electronic ignition. They have a battery backup system in them if they're not powered by the house. And uh, when your batteries uh, die, they need to be replaced. Okay, that's good to know. So maybe look at your fire alarm battery at the same time as you look at your fireplace battery and everything's safe. George Geeson of Porky's, thanks very much for joining us on Ask BBB today. Thank you. And when we return, we'll talk about Black Friday and things that you want to keep in mind on Ask BBB. Okay.
Welcome back to Ask BBB, and our guest right now is our program producer and communications manager, Ashley Castleman. Welcome to the on-air side of the program, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Black Friday, it used to be an American phenomenon, Ashley, but um, I guess it spread over here to this side of the border, eh? It has. Um, it definitely started in the States uh, many years ago, uh, th- but it happens in Canada and the U.S. now. Uh, the National Retail Federation has estimated that uh, the average person will sp- spend about $900 on the holiday season, and Black Friday is the time that kicks it off before everybody starts their big shopping season. So are there tips that we should know about before we start our Black Friday shopping frenzy? Yes. Uh, the first one is uh, when you're waiting in those long lines, it's very tempting to use uh, free Wi-Fi that's out there. But you're going to want to make sure you are using uh, legitimate uh, company Wi-Fis and not just uh, mock ones because it's one way that uh, thieves can steal your personal information and hack into your phone and get your information. And what about these stores that offer special deals if you're an email subscriber? That is one way to find out about the deals ahead of time. A lot of stores uh, that you've signed up for that you've shopped at previously have uh, sent you emails. You're going to want to make sure that they're actually from the store and not a phishing scam. And you're never going to want to just email them back with uh, credit card information and personal information. So if I get a a great deal from my favorite um, jeans store, I should probably go directly on their website through my browser and 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 opt to connect with them that way instead of just clicking on that? Yes, definitely. You're going to want to type in the exact uh, website in your email browser, uh, not just click on any link when you're Googling it or just any link uh, that you get an email from. If you do want to click on it from your email, just hover over the link to make sure it t- is going to take you to where it promises. Well, that's a good tip. But what about if I just get really... Um, run out of ideas, and I'm going to opt for some gift cards for those hard-to-shop-for people. You can always go to the store directly to get those gift cards. A lot of stores now do offer uh, e-gift cards. So the same thing. You're going to want to make sure you you are on the correct site and not a uh, phishing site, uh, which is a looks has the same logos, but is to steal your information. So just make sure you're ha- on, on a secure website and the website is what it is supposed to. And do you have any tips for people regarding warranties and return policies? Uh, The best thing to do is ask what the return policy is before you purchase anything. In Ontario, there is no refund laws. uh, So once you uh, purchase it and they have a no refund, you're stuck with that gift, even if you change your mind, or you might be stuck with a store credit. Um, also, a good idea is always to get a gift receipt just in case it's the wrong size or not the co- color for the recipient. And we may want to favor those stores that have those um, policies that extend past the holiday season. Yes, definitely. Uh, when Make sure you uh, pay attention to the refund, um, the return, sorry, the return time. And so a lot of stores don't allow returns on Boxing Day. So that's another thing you're going to want to keep an eye out of when you can return it and how long you have to return it. Okay. So if I'm out there to make a, a big purchase, a big ticket item, you know, every teenager has some electronic thing on their list. What should I do before I hit the store? Do your research. Uh BBB.org is a great place to start. Always look for 
uh, reviews online, uh, see what other customers are saying about it. Uh, that's usually the best way to start. Okay, great. Those are some helpful tips. Thank you. And as we say thank you to our program producer and guest, Ashley Castleman, we bring to your attention. She's the producer of the show uh, as well as our uh, one of our guests. And we also say thank you to our assistant producer, operations manager, Chris Lavoie. Uh, you can always ask BBB. Visit the website at BBB.org. Uh, people find a lot of answers there, as Ashley has just pointed out. You can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western On. Uh, Thanks again to Ashley and to Chris for producing the show. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Deb Brady. Till next time, remember... Start with trust.